This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week, I'm bringing you a little bit of a different episode. I sit down with a dad, and he is the host of the Dad Experience Podcast. He started his podcast after being confined to his home for a year with the birth of his first daughter because she had a congenital heart defect. He wanted to create a place where dads could go to find meaningful parenting information. Since our podcasts are a little bit similar in that we share the journeys into parenthood, we decided to do a little mashup. So we hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome to an exciting episode. Today we have a collaboration. I'm really excited about this one. It's been in the works for quite some time. <laughs> um, mostly my fault because I, you know, between the little ones and the no, that's and okay. The, and the, uh, we we are doing a joint podcast with the Pumping Podcast and of course the Dad Experience. I'm here with Jess. Um, we're we're just going to kind of share what's going on, share our podcast, and kind of share the climate of the world because we're recording this during the the COVID nineteen kind of quarantine, and we're both in pretty big areas for the hotspots for in in our different locations. So uh, it's been different, but we can talk a little bit about that and just kind of, kind of share our experiences through podcasting and all that good stuff. So Jess, you want to tell, you know, my listeners about uh, your, your podcast, the pumping podcast. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for making this work out. I'm really excited to get together and chat and hear a little bit of the dad experience because I usually focus on moms. So First of all, I am not yet a mama. I like to call myself a mama in training. Um, I kind of had this idea to start a podcast when I was speaking to some of my girlfriends, a lot of my girlfriends who were currently getting pregnant, and I was feeling a little out of the loop, you know, because I wasn't yet a mom. And one of my girlfriends was specifically saying that when she's pumping or breastfeeding, she feels a little bit lonely and isolated. And so I thought, what if I were to create a podcast where moms can listen while they're pumping or breastfeeding about stories of other moms and their journey into motherhood, and maybe it'll help them not feel so alone. And at the same time, I'm able to kind of learn what it's like to be a mom before I get there, the tips and tricks. And um, just, it's, it's really been more than I ever thought it would be. I only started in August, so we're we're still brand new, but um, it's really been quite an experience and um, a wonderful learning journey for me. Yeah, no, that's that's great, and that's that's a great idea though. Like to have that concept of like being there with somebody when you don't necessarily have to be there. They can throw in their AirPods and pump or whatever they've got to do. That's really cool exactly. concept idea. Um, so yeah, I get it. So I and and this might be you know a tougher question. I don't know, but I you know we went through IVF, so it was really really tough. So I can only imagine like to see your friends. Cause we had friends that were getting pregnant and we were just like, we struggled for the, for our first one. Um, and it was just so hard. So, you know, it's, it's, it's comforting though, too, to know that you want to get that information. Cause like, that's the way I was when I started the dad experience. It was like my oldest daughter who we had was IVF pregnancy also had a heart condition when she was born. She had a um, oh, wow. complete, a complete uh, AVSD. And so we couldn't leave the house. So I decided to start a podcast and that's kind of how it started because I wasn't getting good, good material from, you know, most of the material I was getting was geared towards moms um, right, or exactly. like it was more kind of comedic for, for dads, you know, the kind of the barbecue, you know, watch yes. TV, 
the stereotypical 1950s household um, <laughs> kind of the idea was what it was. So I wanted to, to learn from other guys and other dads out there and other other partners out there that uh, were doing it. And that's kind of why I created what I do. And it's been, but that was, that was tough for me. Um, you know, when we were going through stuff too, it was like just seeing them, people getting pregnant and then you, you, you try and, but um, it's nice that you're giving that out there and then you're learning along the way. So that's, that's pretty cool. What's, what's the coolest thing or the most, the thing you're most maybe excited about for, to, to, in becoming a mom. Oh gosh. There's a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot. There's so much. I mean, I've been babysitting for years and years. And so I don't know. I just think it's, um, it's something that's a part of me. I know some people, you know, if they have kids, if it works out cool, if not, no big deal. I've just always had this motherly instinct in me that I just, I, I can't even pinpoint what exactly I would be looking forward to, but just all of it. I wanted to hold off on becoming a mom for a while because I'm an, also an actor and I wanted to focus on acting for as long as I could and kind of have that be my only focus because they often say, you know, when you're acting, that's the only thing, you know, if you can picture yourself doing anything else, don't do acting, you know? So I wanted to devote all of my time to that. And after my husband and I, we were together actually eight and a half years before we even got married. And then after we got married, we still kind of wanted to take some time. We're still working on our career. But in addition to that, super long story made short, but I developed about six years ago, psoriatic arthritis. And it got so bad that I, I mean, at one point I couldn't walk. I had to have a cane and I was covered from head to toe on my skin. It was awful. And I ended up having to go on some medication and now I'm on medication and I'm feeling wonderful. I can work out six days a week and I feel strong and healthy and my skin looks great, but I can't have kids on it. So I'm currently in a process of trying to get healthy from the inside out, weaning myself off of that medication so that I can have kids. Um, and then once I'm off of it, I have to be off of it for about six months or so before we can even try. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been the the little struggle as of now, but um, I don't know. I just, I'm really looking forward to that. I know that it's not easy. I know that there's sleepless nights. I, I, you know, and I know also know that doing this podcast, I'll never quite know what it's like, even though I'm trying to learn it and study it, you know, but um, I'm just really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's tough. I know that, um, that's, I have a family member too, that was, that's uh, not quite, it's not arthritis, but they were on medication that they had to kind of come off of to do that. And it's, that's a struggle and a balance. Um, what, uh, what have been some things that, uh, that you, you found because of, you know, the, these changes, what have you, have you found a lot more holistic approaches that can help with, with the arthritis? I'm sure there's folks out there, even, you know, that are listening maybe to my podcast or your podcast that they can look into if they're, if they're looking at that, you know, wanting to just, maybe be off the medication or maybe wanting to, um, to just get healthier, uh, and, and have a child. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I, um, have definitely dove headfirst into all of that. Um, I usually, when we're not in the midst of COVID-19, but I usually see a chiropractor on the regular and I've been wanting to get into acupuncture, but I haven't done that yet. But the main thing that I've been doing is since October 1st, uh, I actually dove into this crazy, I shouldn't say crazy, but really intense diet. It's the Amy Myers. Amy Myers is a doctor and she has this um, anti-inflammatory autoimmune disease diet that you follow. 
So basically the list of what I can't have is quite long, <laughs> but what I can have are meats and red meats within limit kind of, and vegetables and fruit. And so pretty much other than that, I'm not having dairy or gluten or any other sugars. The only sugars I'm having are uh, coconut sugar. So my thought process that I'm hopeful is that if I kind of heal my body from the inside out, because a lot of these autoimmune diseases, they say come from your gut. Mm -hmm. So if I do that and kind of make my system as strong as it can be, that maybe when I start to wean myself off of the medication, which I've already started a little bit, but maybe my body will be strong enough and it won't need any other medication. My biggest fear is that I'll then have to go on a different medication. Mm -hmm. There are some medications that you can become pregnant with them, but I just rather not because, you know, you, you watch TV these days and it's like commercial after commercial and all these crazy side effects of what's going to happen to you. <laughs> it's yeah, frightening. It is. It is. It's funny. That's really funny you say that because I was, I don't know, I was getting something out of the, the kitchen or something. My wife, it was after the kids had gone to bed. I'm listening. There's one of these one of the pharmaceutical yeah. commercials. And I'm like, well, that sounds really pleasant. Like, let's let's go and sign up for that medication right now. And it's always at the end of that, and it will cause death. And I'm like, or can cause death. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, that's, but I'm sure, you know, there a lot of them are out there because it's, I'm sure something has been studied and found a possibility, but it's just like, wow, you're right. It's crazy. It's, it's, and I think, I think people, I don't know, maybe, maybe you, you have a better, better uh, grasp on this, but I, th I feel like people, are starting to get a little bit more you're seeing more options like we we've been an organic family especially when we were doing ivf and it, you know that hasn't been that long ago my oldest is only uh she's three and a half but you know we were doing it was a lot harder and not as readily available even three and a half years ago maybe here in, in michigan but um there's been organic but it hasn't been the, the, the stock of organic and now all of a sudden it seems like in the last three or four years and it could be just because i'm looking for it more now too well but true it seems like the more natural stuff is it's just more prominent and prevalent in all stores oh, like time. it used to be just like whole foods and then all of a sudden then kroger had kind of one like aisle of it now it's intermixed with everything oh and, yeah and things like that so it's just it seems like it's hopefully more people are getting that way to 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 better themselves from the inside out yeah. because it's it's so important like you said there's so many different things whether it's getting pregnant or having children or just being well-being i mean it's, there's such a difference i know since we've had kids i haven't been able to be i used to be a six day a week you know to the gym or running outside or biking or doing whatever and since kids i that was one thing that i kind of let go which i'm not proud of but um but man, when, when we were, we were doing that, I was just so much, you know, I had more energy. I wasn't as achy. I didn't have as many mm -hmm. aches and pains all the time. So it's, it's tough. So I'm, I'm hoping that hopefully for you that, that will, that will pan out and, and will work out because that would be, that would be awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I want to go ahead and pass the torch to you for a little bit so that my listeners can hear a little bit more. All right. Adam from the dad experience. Tell us a little bit more about you. Um, well, I, I started the, the, this podcast, uh, I think, as I said, just because my, my oldest daughter had a heart condition and we decided there, we couldn't take her out anywhere. Cause if she got sick, it would have probably, we probably would have been forced into the surgery earlier. So she was born in October and in a, in January-ish, I started the podcast and it was just for me, I was finding a lot of um, information out there and I was either getting information from my wife and it was usually geared 
towards, you know, more towards the mother's side. They were couples books, but they were more geared towards the mother's side. And then I was getting information relayed to me. And I was like, you know, from my education background, it's, it's, it's a thing we, we like to collaborate and not reinvent the wheel. And I'm like, why don't I just talk to dads that are out there that are doing it? new dads, you know, grandparents, whatever, and just get, you know, kind of their experience of, of, of being parents or grandparents or, you know, uncles, aunts, whatever, um, guardians, and that's kind of where it started. And I just started taking, you know, information from them. So it started as a learning experience for me, uh, just wanting to be a better parent. Uh, I didn't know anything about being a parent. I had an educational background, you know, I teach, but other than that, I, you know, it, until, you know, you're kind of in the thick of it, it's, it, it helps, but it's, it's just not, you're not sure of how you're going, what you're going to expect. Right. Of course. It's different every day. It's different every day. And, as we speak right now, we said that we're in the middle of the, the COVID kind of quarantine stuff here and we haven't really left to go anywhere. So it's it's my wife and I are both teachers and teaching online while having a, a three-year-old and a two-year-old mm. um, is, is not always the easiest, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's also, it's also fun too, because there's a lot of those milestones that you don't necessarily notice. Like before the 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 quarantine my my youngest daughter who will be two next week as we record this um she was you know one two words stringing together maybe now it's like three words for so to see that progress yeah. like in front of you is so neat and it's 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 funny i never noticed it my wife would always go man i want to send him to daycare i'm gonna miss this i'm gonna miss that and i'm like well and from a dad i and maybe it's just you know the, the paternal versus maternal instinct um but um but they I was like, well, you'll see it. You'll still see it. But and now seeing it at home though, in front of me where I'm home every day and trying exactly. and, and with them, it, that's pretty neat. Um, you know, and the little, little things that um, we don't usually normally do because I start my day, I have like a, a class before school. So I start my day at like quarter to five in the morning. And um, so I don't see the kids in the morning. And sometimes if there's a concert at night or if it's a football game, cause I teach band, um, I don't see them at all. I don't see yeah. them until the next day, you know? So, so it's been nice to see them. But like last night we got the chance to, to stay up. They were up a little bit later because none of us had to get up real early for work. Um, and we watched that Disney thing that was on. We watched this sing along thing. So it was so fun to watch that with them. And normally stuff like that might not happen because they have to get to bed because if they don't get to bed. The next day is a rough day. So, um, there, I, there's bright and shining moments of it. I'm not saying this is what I want to do and I want it to be <laughs> ideal for the rest of our life, but you know, I'm trying, we're trying to make the most of it over here and, and enjoy those moments with the kids and, and, and learn with each other. Cause you know, they're learning too. Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said for just having the world dial it down a little bit, you know, and take a few steps mm -hmm. back and maybe we don't need to run at 80 miles an hour, you know, maybe every now and then we can right. go at 50 or some days even 30, you know, and then kind of go back. I know living in New York city, it's, it's on from the second that that alarm goes off, you know, it's just constant. So I think it's a little bit of a nice lesson. I have a quick question for my mamas who are listening and I've been really wanting to ask you this. What do moms not realize that dads need? <laughs> Uh, you know, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this. No, she'll get mad at me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What do that's a good question. What do what do moms not realize? You know, I think sometimes, and I'm not I don't want to generalize, but I think sometimes dads do need the information. Sometimes I think dads are and I think it's societal. Dads are in cultural. I think dads are put up on this pedestal that have to be like, we're gonna be the tough guys all the time. We're gonna be um the ones that will make sure it's okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody's gonna be okay. And 
you know, me being a dad, that's not my approach, you know, and this might not be for all dads, but this is, I, I do, I do talk to a lot of dads that um, the, the overlying kind of topic that comes up a lot is sharing our emotions. Mm-hmm. There's been, you know, there's this mask of masculinity. There's some great documentaries out there. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there's one called the mask of masculinity and kind of breaking down that, like, um, it's adults dealing with children or younger teens, preteens that are like really aggressive. And, and a lot of it is just putting away that mask and just being able to like share because there's a lot of underlying. So as, as, as in society, I feel as, as a male, not in, in that we're, we're like, you have to be the tough guy. You have to have tough skin. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't cry. You can't, you can't be sad. You, you have to be the, the person that's kind of the anchor and you got to be strong. You know, somebody even told me through this, you know, I was, I was having a hard time at the beginning through the whole COVID thing. Cause I'm like, what happens? Like my daughter's got a possibly a compromised immune system. When I was in college, I had meningitis. I, you know, I was really sick. So if somebody gets sick, I'm freaking out. Like, Oh my God, we can't, you have to do all this stuff to make sure no one gets sick and somebody said well you you you, you know you need to be strong for your family and I'm like but sometimes but no that's, I, that's okay no, sometimes yeah. no so I think sometimes that 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 allow us to break that mold because I think I think more can come of it with we can we can be better partners if we're allowed to, to, to break down because you know and, and you know human beings are humans if we let those emotions kind of pile up and pile up and pile up we either close off or we just explode yeah and nobody wants that in a partner at all. Um, so I think just encouraging us that it's okay, you know, when we're sad or, you know, if, you know, I, I'm not afraid to cry. You know, I, I'm sure last night watching that Disney, I turned my <laughs> wife, I'm like, why does Disney make me cry? And, you know, it's, and I'm okay with it. And the more that I've talked to people, I've become more, you know, more, more comfortable with it too. And, 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 but it's an underlying thing that I've talked to a lot of dads of just being able to share feelings. And maybe it's just the pocket of the world that I talk to the podcasters or the dads that are online doing like influencing stuff or whatever they're doing, but all of them are like, yeah, being able to share emotion and like provide that, provide that feeling and not just putting on a mask. So I think, I think encouraging and helping um, partners be able to, break that down. I think, I think we're better people for it. And I think we're, we're craving that as dads, but that's my opinion. You know, I don't know. None of that's factual base. <laughs> that's all, that's all, that's all on hearsay, I guess. But, well, but that's the whole point of the pot, like my podcast and your podcast right. to get the real answers. You know, you can go read all the mom books and dad books and what to expect when you're expecting and blah, blah, blah. But to really right. know from personal experience, what you go through, I mean, that's the whole point of it all. And I've read a lot of things too, that dads experience postpartum. And that's not something that's Mm -hmm. really experienced and talked about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, of course, want to minimize the mother experience and how physically exhausting and, you know, that it's unbelievable what they go through. But at the same time, there is a level of postpartum and just crappiness that I think dads experience that if we don't honor, like you said, can build up and then explode. Right. And the other thing, you know, you made me think of that too, and, and being not necessarily post postpartum for male, but just being able to be home with, with our kids. Like I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to be home and take time, but they get looked down upon like taking two, three weeks. You know, I'm lucky in a place where I was able to, you know, I'm in the education field. So I was lucky that, it, you know, I took, I took three weeks, which wasn't even nearly enough for me. Like, I wish I could have been out. Like I would have been out six weeks with them at the beginning. Cause like you said, moms go through this crazy change. It's, it's great, but it's a crazy change. And there's so many changes happening. And, 
to have one person doing that alone is just yeah. impossible. Like it's, you know, it's, I don't, I, I give a lot of people credit that have to do it alone, but you know, being able to do that. So having folks, you know, dads be able to get paternity leave is so, so, so important. I feel like, because three weeks isn't enough, two weeks is enough. And some people will go five days or so. I, I know people that went to the hospital, the baby was born the next day they were at work and then came back to the hospital. And it's like, one, they're never going to be that young again. Two, it's, it's draining. And the mom, mom needs that, you know, break a lot of times. And, and there's that bonding time too. You know, you know, a lot of dads are now more doing it more, but there's that skin to skin right after the baby's born for dads too. Yeah. That is so important. So those little, little, little things are really important, but I think that paternity leave and hopefully, our, uh, you know, our, our, our society and culture is moving towards a more encouraging environment for dads to be able to take that. Now, I know there's probably a lot of dads that listen to my podcast that will not agree. They'll say, nope, we're going to work. But um, <laughs> from my standpoint, I would give anything if I could have been home three more weeks or two more weeks. It was an exa- it was a, Would I have rather been at work because of sleep and to be able to get a break? Yes. But I also look at it and go, wow, I, I would trade all that off. I would be tired all the time just so I could be home more and help. Cause there was a lot of times where my wife struggled, you know, she, um, she had a C-section. So there were the different issues with that, that she had to deal with on top of trying to nurse, trying to change yeah, diapers, healing. trying to, and, and there's the mental healing, there's, there's the physical healing. There's so much. And I, and I feel like doing it alone has got to be hard. Now I respect people that have to do it alone. Like, I don't know how they would, I don't, I don't know what you would do. And I know that's out there and I know that's not possible for everybody. So I'm trying to be sensitive to that, but I feel like that's another important thing. And you see movements of, of the paternity leave movement for dads more and more. I know that dad 2.0, the, there's a kind of a dad's conference that's kind of gotten bigger for just fathers and sharing emotions and things like that. I had the, the director of it, um, a co-founder of it on the podcast a few, a few months ago. And I know they're moving, making a movement for, paid paternity leave for dads and i mean you look mm-hmm. at other countries around the world the, oh, the, the women like the, 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 the mothers um will have a year and dads will have like yeah. six months and it's like holy moly and it's and, it, and they have a job when they go back and no one looks down upon them and no one you know shuns them or, or throws up a nose at them and then and, and it's still i think there's still some work to be done but i feel like there's more and more that are that are taking the step to go you know, for me to take three weeks, that was, that was a lot for even, for even me at that time. And I know people now that are taking six, so it's going, it's moving forward. We'll talk about, you know, earlier when we talk about kind of dialing down in the state of COVID-19, it's the same sort of thing. If, if we were to dial down like that and have dads have six months and have moms have a year with their children, I mean, what a difference that would make for our society. Right. Right. I mean, it would just be mind blowing. And I think now in a nice way, it's kind of being proven that, you know, of course the economy is tanking, but to a certain extent, we can do some things from home. Right. I mean, I know for you, teaching band is not easy <laughs> from home, right. but you know, there's probably a significant percentage of people that could still work from home. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't be easy having an infant and a newborn or even a one-year-old working from home, but Maybe there's, you know, I don't know, maybe there's something with this whole crazy shift. I think I have to think about the positive and what's good that's going to come out of this all. And maybe it's something like that, a realization of what we're going to realize we can actually manage with or without. Right. Absolutely. You know, I think it might be, um, when I think about that stuff, I get a little bit excited because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's good change 
at the end of this really dark tunnel that I yeah. feel like we're in right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and I think that there, it is making us, you know, pause and take more walks and go outside, mm-hmm. you know, while we're social distancing and, uh, <laughs> and trying to do those things that we normally wouldn't, you know, I think we've been on more walks, you know, and in, in consistently in a row with the kids than we have in a long time, because it's just, there's, there's, you got the need to get out of the house, but it's just, you know, it's nice. Hopefully the weather will start changing over here soon, but, um, <laughs> but you know, those type of things, I think they're important for, for learning. And the other thing that I noticed too, that I, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to have been wanting to share with my listeners. And I don't know if your listeners can benefit from it. It's just being mindful too. Like, I know I see a lot Facebook is a, is a damning place right now. I feel like almost yeah, oh, for lack hard. of better terms, it's like, uh, and 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 I get a little bit of relief when people start posting their favorite movies and their favorite songs because it's like, well, that's pretty cool. I remember that album. Or I remember that. I'm going to go watch that movie. So that's been nice to kind of interject those feeds with that. But um, I, 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 you know, I think being aware of, of being home with our kids is is, is a blessing. It is kind of nice to be able to do that. And there's mm-hmm. people out there that when they see somebody say, you know when is this going to be over? So I can send my kids to the grandparents house for two weeks that affects somebody on a different level that you may not know. If you post that and you have a hundred, 300 friends, a thousand friends, there's more than likely you have 20 at least on, on your, on your, and your friends that can't have kids and will never have kids. And it's important to remember. And I wanted to share this with my listeners to say, yes, it may be stressful and we may not be able to um, we want to put our kids outside for a while and just say, just go play because I need some time, but there's people out there that I'll never get to be able to do that. And it's important right. for or me. There are people who have just lost their grandparents. Absolutely. And I so, just, you know. I just, I have a hard time seeing that when people post, I don't know if you've seen it, people will go, oh my gosh, we're two weeks in and I just want to get rid of these kids. And it's like, think yeah. about that because the trade-off is not, not as easy. And, and being a family that's gone through IVF and not be able to have children for, it was a three, four year process. Um, that was tough. And if I were to see that now, um, I would have been very resentful that I probably would have hid the person if not unfriended them just because they don't realize. And that sounds shallow and petty, but those are hard. And, and, and that's coming from me as a male. You know, I can't imagine the motherly instincts like that would, that would go through the scene. So I like to share that with my listeners because it's been, I've been seeing it more and I'm like, yeah, do I want my kids to go to the grandparents' house for a couple nights so we can have a break? Yes, but I, I, if if I had to trade where they would go or and I wouldn't have them, then no, I don't want to do that at all. So it's just being aware. Yeah, and I think there's a difference too between like I have a friend who actually I was thinking I should connect you to because I think it'd be really fun to have him on your podcast. His name is Josh, and on Twitter he has a really really funny Twitter account. <laughs> He calls himself WTF dad and his handle is daddy doubts, but he posts up these really hilarious, I think almost mostly true conversations that he has with his three-year-old and he comes from a comedic background. I was reading through his tweets the other day, just cracking up. And I think there's a difference between that type of specific comedic humor for yes. entertainment's sake and yes. then just going on Facebook to complain because your kids are, you know, driving you crazy because they're in the house. So I think two people get the lines confused and maybe they, absolutely maybe they try to be comedic because they think it's, you know, funny. But it, I think there is a line and a sensitivity that we all have to have around all of this. You know. Absolutely. And that's, I just feel like my heart, you know, I, I'm still on some groups too that are infertility groups and things like that online. And, and I just, I feel, especially because a lot of them right now too, that people don't realize a lot of those people 
those have all halted. Like yeah. they could have been in the middle of a cycle and it's like, no, we can't do this anymore. And then you just lost another, it, you know, who knows how many months right now. So like to see that that's gotta, be, I, I feel bad. And I just, I think about those people a lot and, but yes, I agree there, there is, there's like a line there are some points where people, it's funny. There's things here, you know, there's, there's commercials that I've seen. I think I've even seen a commercial where they, they throw the kids out of the door and the car and they're at grandparents' house. Obviously the context is funny, but like to just make a blanket statement, sometimes I feel like that's like, uh, I wouldn't be so quick to, to, to want to, <laughs> think about it think about both sides a little sensitivity i think we need yeah 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 i think that's that's important for for people to realize so you know we we have a kind of a segment here at the dad experience and i don't know if you're familiar with it with things we can't wait to see through our children's eyes is there something that you're excited to to do with your your future child that you 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 did as a child that you can't wait to share with them i love that and i know it's a little bit of a twist a little bit of a twist on it for you but and hopefully i'm not putting you on the spot but is there something that you got to share you know you know like for me it was um um, I can't wait to, we, we, we didn't, we just got an RV and I, when I was a kid, we had an RV and my grandparents had an RV and we did Disney for the first time. Oh. We drove down the RV. We were down there. We got to camp. It was like six of us, but I, I still remember that as one of the best trips I ever took. And that's one I can't wait to do. You know, the other one was when my, my dad was born in Malta and my grandmother mother lives there and all my uncles and aunts and getting them to go there and get to see that family in a different culture and a different area. That was the kind of the other thing. So that's kind of like what I've been excited to do is my thing, but it's been everything. It's been everything from like life, life events to, you know, movies. So it can be. Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, it's going to be kind of seeing how our family unfolds with traditions and for me, we had certain traditions, especially around the holidays, you know, what we do on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and those kind of things. And my husband is Puerto Rican. And so I think it's going to be really cool to see how we create and then also foster each other's traditions. And so like for him, for example, Christmas Eve is always a huge party. It's like big, huge, huge party, karaoke, instruments, singing. It's a blast. And for me, it's always been like, go to church, come home, have hot chocolate and go to bed. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but that was still a tradition for me. We would like the fireplace and it was wonderful. So I think it's going to be kind of seeing how our traditions mold together. And the other thing that I, I really can't wait for, and I'm a little disappointed in myself because I'm I'm not as proficient in Spanish as I should be at this point in our relationship. But with COVID-19, I've been practicing daily. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so maybe that's a huge benefit for me. But um, right. I think it's also going to be uh, seeing my husband and myself, because by then I'll feel very comfortable, um, teaching another language to my children. And I we've talked about how we actually want Spanish to kind of be their first and primary language. We even considered looking into schooling that is just Spanish. Um, I don't know if that will be possible depending on where we are and what will happen. But um, I have always wanted to have a second language and I never got it. Um, And so I think to give that to them would be, would be really cool. So it's kind of like uh, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily things that I specifically went for and went through, but it's just more so seeing what we kind of develop together. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's, that's really great. Yeah. I, I never, I, I don't understand it just cause it's not 
for me, but like even my family in Malta, like they go out on Christmas Eve, like they go out and party until like five in the morning. And yeah. then I'm like, how do you do Christmas day? Like, yeah. like if you're out partying all night, but I know they do like they, it's not as necessarily a stay at home family time. It's more, let's go out as a group and with our friends and family and just go do their well, thing. They're, for, the, for their culture, they don't go out. It's a house party. It's a house thing. But it's like a that's but cool. it's a party. I mean, yeah. And it's till like four, five in the morning. I mean, Damn. I, I usually don't hang that long, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I could either. It's a, it's a long, it's a long party, but then the opposite is that Christmas day for them is much more casual. So like their big dinner is on Christmas Eve. Whereas, you know, my mom would always have a big dinner that she would pull out the China for and everything on Christmas day. So mm-hmm. it'll just be interesting yeah. to see how how those combine. Yeah, that'll be neat. That'll be neat to see those cultures combine. So, um, you know, you mentioned too at the top of the show, you're an actor and there's some things that people can do during this crisis, right? For, for actors and, and, and for Broadway, but through Broadway cares and whatnot. And what I think people don't realize with a lot of these shows going down or um, especially in, in live theater communities that there's actors, there's directors, there's producers, but you've got the people that are selling the tickets. You've got the people that are the ushers. You've yeah. got the people that are probably printing programs. Um, there's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. those, the crew, the, crew, the tech, the, the sound guy, the, the, you know, everything. Um, is there, is there, I wanted to share, and I know we talked a little bit about this, how people can maybe, you know, help out those folks that are, that are in need during this time because they're not working and they, they rely on communal uh, uh, support for, for their profession. So is there, is there stuff that we can do as, as um, you know, people that are, that are in a a moment right now where we want, I think a lot of people want to help each other out. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So I'm um, a member of Actors Equity, which is the union for actors. And they currently, they usually have a running fundraising program, Mm -hmm. Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, but they've kind of extended it and changed it a little bit at this time to be Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, COVID-19. It's an emergency assistance fund. And basically Every donation is matched dollar for dollar, and you're able to help those on stage, behind the scenes, all those different roles that you were speaking of, get health care, emergency financial assistance, and counseling. Because the other thing that I don't know if people really realize with actors specifically is when we work a job in theater, say you work for two months, you don't have insurance until you've worked those two months and you add on top of that. So I'm not going to say numbers because I forget the exact numbers, but Mm. you need something like, I don't remember, 19 weeks or something like that of work before you're granted six months of insurance. So there's going to be a lot of people who maybe were in the midst of a contract, but there's going to be a lot of people who are losing their insurance because they aren't getting those qualifying work weeks. Oh, wow. And even people, you know, the longer that we go, the sooner all of their insurance is going to run out and there's going to be this overlap. And so that's kind of the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize with performers. I mean, majority of performers don't just sign up and get insurance general. Yeah. Insurance. They really work literally for their insurance. Right. Absolutely. And you know what I, what I love and it's, and I think it's, you know, T- I think TV and film, they do it too, but more so it's such a, obviously it's a communal event. So it's more community-based. I feel like, you know, um, theater actors and Broadway and, and what I've liked seeing, I and mean, that's one other thing that I love seeing kind of in, 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 you know, 
in, integrate into my feed daily is seeing like a lot of the different Broadway actors or folks that work in theater kind of sharing their experiences and being creative. Like yeah. some of that stuff I can't believe people can do, <laughs> do at home uh-huh. and recreate things and share and, and do music together. And it's been neat to kind of see that and, and check that out. And, 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 and where can, you do the website where folks have it, where, where can they go to find that? Maybe yeah. we'll put, I'll put it in my show notes. Yeah, we'll but. put it in the show notes, but basically it's donate.broadwaycares.org and then it's backslash campaign COVID-19. Okay. Um, cool. And like, but if you could, it'll be easier to put Yeah. You can find it if you go to the main website there. That's so neat. Yeah. So can you tell, tell my listeners, you know, cause I'm sure there's dads that a want to listen and I'm sure they have partners that might want to listen as well to, you know, your podcast. Can you tell people how they can find the pumping podcast uh, and, and how you kind of release things and all that good stuff? How can they yeah. find you socially? All that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, um, the whole kit and caboodle is on the pumping and you can find everything there. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, and it's pretty simple on Instagram. We're just at the pumping podcast, pretty much just at the pumping podcast everywhere. Same on Facebook. Um, and you can find us there. I release episodes every Wednesday and basically it's just a new mom every Wednesday talking about their journey into motherhood. And I actually do have one episode of two dads and their journey through becoming fathers together. Um, so that was a really cool, um, conversation too. And if there are any other dads out there who would like to share their experience, um, I, I'm not, while I focus on moms, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. So (laughs) I'll definitely hear, hear your stories and the same, same for you. Yeah. We, um, you know, folks can find us similar, similar, the dad experience podcast.com. If you look for the dad experience podcast on most social media platforms, you're going to find us. Um, you can find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple podcast app, Google, Google podcast, wherever you can get your podcast, most major ones, iHeartRadio, all those great places. Just search the dad experience podcast. And like you, I feel like we're mirror images of each other. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I do a lot with dads, but you know, I, I run the gamut. I've even had a few folks too that 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 aren't that aren't that aren't parents yet, or are professionals in the field um, that may not be parents. Um, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of psychologists, doctors. Lately, it seems I've been getting a lot of musicians on, um, a lot of fun musicians <laughs> that have been, um, you know, children's musicians uh, as well as you know you know, pop musicians too, but, uh, those are always fun to kind of relive. Some of them, I even got to relive my childhood. I had Sharon. I don't know if you remember the, if you remember the elephant show on Nickelodeon years oh ago, my gosh, I had, yeah. I had them on. That was fun. That was oh, a fun amazing. conversation. And, and we talked I'll to, have to go we, listen yeah, to we talked to them. We talked to, I have, you know, we talked to Howie D. So it's, it's anything from the Backstreet Boys. It's, it's been anything from stars to, you know, I, my, my best friend who came on the podcast and was telling me about how he lives in Chicago and his family's in Detroit and they have no support system. So it's, it runs the gamut and we, and, and we've have moms, dads, uh, partnerships, uh, single dads, you know, all, all those great things to, on the That's podcast so for focus. So I, like you said, I don't want to pigeonhole myself and like allow folks to, to, if they're interested too, any, any, any folks that listen to your podcast, we're always taking stories and just want to have a round table discussion and, and talk and learn from each other and share and hopefully a couple people will learn from it as well so that's kind of yeah kind of what we do so absolutely I love that and af- after you've talked to so many dads I just want a couple little tips on as a mama in training what are some things that I should quickly know what are some fun facts that I should quickly know about the dad perspective what can I expect my husband to kind of go through or or how should I be sensitive to him huh. put me on the spot here a little bit um <laughs> 
I think, well, I think we talked a lot about like being able to share emotions and sometimes, you know, obviously dads are in different places with that. So it may be just hearing it out and it may be encouraging it out too. There's kind of the flip side there. You got to kind of read the room, I guess, there on that one and, and say, you know, you know, if, if, if they need some support in that way, or if they, they need to start to learn that, you know, breaking down that, that facade, it's, it doesn't always have to be there. That's important. Um, what about during pregnancy, maybe during pregnancy? Um, just I, me, I need a step-by-step. <laughs> I don't know if all dads, all dads are like this, but like, I, I'm not one that can just figure it out and say, I know you need that. So mm-hmm. communicating your needs to us is very helpful. I feel like sometimes, you know, I would get myself into trouble. He's like, why didn't you do this? I'm like, well, I didn't really think I should have thought about it. No, don't get me wrong. I should have thought about it. And I probably should have put my head in that space, but I didn't. So like communicating what needs to be done as we get into kids being younger, as, as kids are born. Um, I used to think it was crazy. My wife would put up these lists in my closet, like on my wall or on my, <laughs> when I open, open up my, you know, the cabinet of my, my, for my morning routine stuff for like brushing teeth. There's like this list of here's the today's, here's your to-do list. Here's where we can balance coming up with a plan to share. Um, That's perfect. I think a lot of times um, us as dads are like, well, they've got it. And they, we just, we don't realize that, that you've got it, but it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe talking about this is what I need from you. And maybe there's dads and there probably are, there's dads that just do it. There's a lot of guys that can just do it. You know, for me and my personality, I like to see a list. I like to see, okay, I I like to check things off. Um, I may not always follow it all the time, but having it there kind of is a nice reminder to go, wait a minute. I needed to get this done. Um, It makes it sound, I feel like I'm sound like I'm lazy right now, but um, it's so, I think think that was a huge thing. And and I thought it was crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was crazy. My wife is a big, like she's very much more organized than I am. Um, And, and having that support and going, okay. I mean, we had lists even during this whole thing, she put together like daily schedule so we can keep the kids on a schedule and keep us mm-hmm. on a schedule and and watching how much time we're spending so communicating those needs and sitting down and having those needs also just i think when you get in the midst of even being through pregnancy and through having children making sure you find time and it doesn't mean you have to go out every night it doesn't mean you have to go out once a week it doesn't mean any of that but finding time like our time as we put the kids to bed and we spend time watching some TV together and, and communicating and talking and just being together. Uh, we do try and go out. We try and go out with our friends too, not just as couples, but we try and go out. Um, and not that it's, it's that we want to get out, but it is important for us to have adult social lives as well yeah, and absolutely. keep that communication going. So I think coming together on that is important as well, making sure there's that time carved out for each other, because mm-hmm. if you don't, then it just kind of overwhelms you. And then there's like, you're just your caretakers in a home and for mm-hmm. kids that you love and you kind of lose that why you're together and have the family. So I think that's another important thing for dads to, and moms to kind of get on the same page or partners to get on the same page, to make sure that they're, they're, they're meeting those needs. Cause, cause we, we crave entertainment. We crave going out, we crave having fun. And, and it is having, it is a lot of fun to be with our children all the time and do those things. Um, but it's also important to spend, it's a different side. It's important to have that, to have that ability too. So you don't lose that kind of, kind of part of you. Yeah. I think those are some things. So before we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time because we do, we have one little segment towards the end of every interview that I usually ask moms. So I'm going to ask you, 
What is something that you want to tell your two little ones now for when they're 18? Hmm. Don't be in a hurry to grow up. Mm. That is like, not that mine are young still, so they don't get that concept, but I know it's going to come. They're like, I want to do this. I want to be there. And I still find myself doing it. It's funny. I find my, my mom or my dad going, don't start thinking about when you want to retire. I'm like, you, you're still young. And I mean, and, and, and I put it in their perspective going, when I start talking about retirement, that makes them think, wow, we're way past retirement. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? But I, I look at it that way. But I also look at it as just like, there are different moments and each part in life is kind of special in its own way. And in grasping those moments when they're there are so important. So I feel like um, that's something I want to tell my kids is to just enjoy the moment, take every opportunity you can when you can take it at that time and just enjoy life and value every moment because who knows when something can change in life. You never know. So yes. just valuing those things and, and not trying to grow up too fast because it sounds cliche and we probably are all told this that, you know, becoming an adult. Yeah. You want to be, you want to hit 21. You want to go to college. You want to do all these things, which, which are all great milestones and all been a lot of fun. But instead of like looking to that, enjoying the moment that it is. And then when the next step comes, then it's like, okay, enjoy that moment. So trying to, can that, is that possible? Yeah. But is it hard? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess not wanting, and that might be more selfish too. I don't want to see my kids grow up too fast, but, um, <laughs> True. but I, I do think there's, there's something to be said with that. I think it's important that kids are, you know, that would, that, that they enjoy every moment and not try and be an adult too quick. Yeah. I feel like everything in society from education to TV to anything online is really pushing us to like mature quickly. Like mm -hmm. even some of the children's shows right now are like, wow, that's pretty intense for two, three, four year olds. And I think just being able to be kids and, and enjoy being a kid and, and not having some of those cares and worries that come as an adult and it's, and you don't know them until you're in them. So, yeah. but I just kind of just enjoying every moment and, and, and making sure they're taking care of themselves. And something I think we can all try to do right now too. And yeah. all of the hardness that we're experiencing and the uncertainty, kind of just being present and enjoying the moments we have together. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, this for has sure. been so fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to. Yeah, keep it is. It's great. Now I'll make sure that we'll make sure that you have all your, your, your information in our show notes. So our listeners can kind of check you out and, and do all that stuff. But I, I really appreciate you joining me on this too it's been a long time coming i'm glad we got to do it so thanks for having me thank you adam this has been a blast no problem the pumping podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms and i am your host i'm not yet a mama i'm a mama in training if you're enjoying what you hear please take a minute on itunes to subscribe rate and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding if you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.